Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Welcome to another exciting episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where, I don't know, it's just one of those days. It's, it's where everything days. is just not going right. But hey, we're here. We're here with <laughs> author Kevin Nilsson to talk about some really cool stuff. Uh, if you remember Kevin, he's been on before talking about his book, Sands and Storms. Um, and now we're going to talk about the novelization of the Mythica movies, which you have been given the glory to do. I did. I have, yes. They're pretty awesome. So, go ahead. So, so how did this come to be? Because, I mean, Aerostorm Entertainment, it's kind of been, hey, we're just making these movies. It's really awesome. You should watch them. And then suddenly it's like, maybe we should make a book out of this or something. I mean, was yeah, that kind of how it went? That's pretty much how it went. So I, I, I work a day job still. So mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was working the day job. And I got a phone call from my publisher, Future House Publishing, the Adam Sidwell, who runs that. And he said, hey, have you seen the Mythica movies? I said, well, I saw the first one. I got given a free copy at uh, a writing conference. And I uh, said, yeah, I watched it once. And he goes, well, would you want to write the book based off that movie? And I said, mm, yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. And, and that's how it happened. And that's how it <laughs> happened. So, I mean, what... I, what are we going to see in the book that we're not seeing in the movie? Because, I mean, a lot of times you get the novelization, you read the book, and then you watch the movie, and you're like, that didn't happen. I mean, it's like the Force Awakens novelization where there's this whole scene where they're on a snowspeeder running from stormtroopers that are firing on them, and you never see that on Starkiller Base. But it was in there right. somewhere. Yeah, so Aerostorm wanted to not just have a direct from movie to book because that, 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 what's the fun in that yeah. you know um, so they wanted me to add in some new scenes so you'll get to see a, another storyline of what Gojin Pai was up to um, oh. so the the character that Kevin Sorbo plays yeah. he shows up for maybe two minutes in the beginning of the movie and then disappears and then yes. comes back in the second movie and then disappears and then comes back in the third movie and and so they they asked me to add some additional scenes and I asked if I could write about what Gojin Pai was doing in between each of the movies yeah. while Merrick and her, her companions are off doing their thing. And so there's a whole other storyline added about what Gojin Pai is doing, and you get to see some of the original Red Thorns, some of his original friends and companions from back in the day, um, reappear in that storyline. And so you'll get a lot of little extended scenes and, and some extra scenes in the main storyline as well with Merrick and, and the rest of them. I like the fact that you said, hey, this character needs more. 
because that is the one thing that bugs me about the movie. And that, you know, sorry, can't, you know, sorry guys, you know, I don't want to offend Aerostorm, but that was one thing that I'm like, always scratching my head about. Where the crap does this guy go? I mean, we're kind of annoyed when Gandalf does it in Lord of the Rings, right? And now this guy is like doing it every movie. It's like, hey, see ya, poof, he's gone. Then he comes back. Hey, how are you doing? Poof, gone. So it's kind of cool that in the book you get that you kind of get that backstory and you can find out what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, that's way crazy because I've only ever really heard about that like once happening ever with first the movie then like turning into novelization and so I think that's really cool. How much like creative control do you get? They're like write it and we have to approve it or just write it and whatever you want you can make part of the actual story. So originally um, what I got from from Aerostorm and from Future House Publishing was just the, a copy of one of the scripts. And it wasn't even like the final copy of the script. It was just a script. And so part of the pro- how it originally started the process was I, I took that script and I, and I watched the movie compared to the script. And a script is written completely differently oh, yeah. than, than a novel is. Uh, like literally each page is like a minute of film time. And I noticed that vast majority of like the first half of the script did never never appeared in the movie it was vastly completely different hmm. and so i took notes on on the script um and and went through that and until i had you know a script covered in, in red ink from where it differed and things that I, I needed to touch base on and then when i actually went to go start writing i realized i didn't know enough information about all the extra stuff that's going on mm. um and so i i called jason uh, at Aerostorm and, and Kine and Griffin um, and said, hey guys, we need to talk. What do you guys want from this? Because the movie is different from the script. The script is different from the movie. Do you want me to follow the script? Do you want me to follow the movie? I'm not exactly sure what it is I'm mm-hmm. supposed to do. And so we sat down and Jason said, make it awesome. Don't corrupt the canon of the movie, but anything else you can pretty much do. Hmm. Nice. So... I mean, how did you capture the essence of the characters? I mean, did you have phone calls where you were talking to the actual actors? Or was it just, okay, what you saw on the screen is how you tried to pull that essence of those characters out? Uh, so I was able to get in contact with some of the, some of the actors. So okay. I, I talked with Adam Johnson, I talked with Jake Storman, um, or however you say his last name, because I always butcher it. I'll, it's, I just say Jake. Jake. <laughs> talk with Jake. I, I um, just can't say the last name, because I know I'm going to butcher it. <laughs> and so I talked with them and, and got their interpretations on what it was. And then part of what what I liked about the Mythica series is that it was a series. You had to see it full character arcs. Yeah. And so Jason actually gave me copies of all of the movies, including the fifth one that hasn't come out yet. So I can see the full story arc, and and see where all the characters started and finished, so that I could you know give the the right information to the to the characters in, in the first book. And a thing that that the first movie necessarily did for me, just from a novel writer's perspective, didn't have was was a bigger link to the overall story yeah. arc, because you only see the the dark spore, which you never learn the name of in in the first movie maybe twice in the whole movie, yeah. but that becomes the whole central plot of the series, and so you didn't have an overall connection. And so I tried to work a little more of that overall connection to the overall story of the series into the first book okay. as well. No, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, because you're right. You don't see the overall story arc. You just see the, the arc of the movie, mm-hmm. and then it just keeps... It's like these little bounces where 
in most books you have, especially in a series, you have that larger arc. Right. So that's cool. However, side note, Jason, Kynan, I only have up to three. Can I get four <laughs> and five, too? Like, I only have three movies. <laughs> like, oh, I, I want three and or four and five. So he could spoil the whole movie for us right now. <laughs> he could. Well, I have the fourth Blu-ray at home. I can, you know, let you. I don't. I don't have a Blu-ray player. What? Well, I have a DVD version. But your PS4 too, so. is a Blu-ray player. Doesn't put. I don't put DVDs or Blu-rays inside my. It's it's a game console. That's all it's for. Otherwise, oh, that seems like a waste. No, because it actually damages the the laser in the. Maybe in PlayStation, not on Xbox, it does just fine. Um, actually, no. <laughs> nope, studies, I've used it. I'm sure you have, but studies show that it actually wears down the life of your game system. I, I have a DVD but that's a side version, and, or an electronic version if you want. I have, I have the e-version. Electronic, that's way easier. <laughs> but but then it's not my copy. I want a copy, guys. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> pandering. Uh, pandering. Well, no, pandering. It's, not, it's more than pandering. <laughs> I want the collection. Fair enough. i got to uh, have it. So when you were writing it, did they give you like, I don't know, I, I don't know how to word it, like it needs to fill this many pages or you write a whole story and if it's a thousand pages or 300 pages, as long as it's a good story, we'll take it. So my publisher asked for a, a word count. They wanted it to be at least 50,000 words, which roughly translates to about 180 to 200-ish pages in print. Um, and... For me, that's a really small book. Yeah. For me, that's like a prologue, basically, yeah. right? Because I write epic fantasies. They're yeah. big, thick, heavy monster you know, doorstops. And so um, I didn't want to just write a 50,000-word book, but when I got through the, the first draft of the movie and the script, you know, 90-minute movie isn't really that m- much in words. You know, it ended up being about 47,000 words without adding anything mm. extra into it. And so that's when I went back and, and, and added the extra scenes, the extra story arcs, fleshed it out with a lot more detail and, and things like that. And it ended up being about 64,000 words. So it'll be about a 260-page-ish book. Awesome. And for the most part, I mean, with Mythica, it's kind of for... It's pretty much for everyone, but mm-hmm. with your writing, you kept it more, like... I, I don't know how to say it. Like it's anyone can read it, right? Like, pretty much. It's kind of a PG-13. Yeah, so it, it would be PG-13. Um there was only one content edit in the whole thing. Uh, there was you know, one swear word that they had me change. Yeah. Um, that my publisher had me change to something else. But other than that, I mean, it's pretty much the same as the movie. So I'd probably put it at PG-13. Nice. Light PG-13. So, I mean, how does how is this different than, you know, normal your normal process of writing a book? Because you've already mm-hmm. gone through the process of going through writing your own series and that, but now you're kind of jumping in in someone else's series. Right. I mean, how has that differed and changed the way you wrote? So it it was, I was having this discussion the other day actually. But so it's complete. It was completely different. It was it was a whole different animal. Okay. It was it was maybe three or four times as much work, because when you're creating something from scratch, you know all the intricate details. You know, I mean. More stuff doesn't go into the book than what ends up actually in the mm-hmm. book when you're writing it yourself. And, and when you're jumping into somebody else's playground or jump somebody else's sandbox, say, their, their, their world, you end up, you don't know those details. Mm-hmm. You, you basically have the same details as everyone else. And so you have to either figure out by asking the original creators or make up yourself all those other things, but within somebody else's rule set. 
mm-hmm. and and trying to do that without breaking the the canon of the world that you're in is ridiculously hard. It's ridiculously stressful because you're always double checking and, mm-hmm. and triple checking everything that you've written, trying to make sure it's right. Okay. So now this begs the question: Now that you've done that, would you ever write a Star Wars novel? Oh yeah, if I was offered to write a Star Wars novel, <laughs> heartbeat done. Even though you know all these stresses and, oh, and yeah. craziness. Oh yeah. Knowing knowing it all, I would I would still go back and probably do it again. Right. I mean, there uh, the the novelization itself because the movie started in Kickstarter, the novel it's it's on Kickstarter now. It's about eight hundred dollars short of its funding goal. Um, provided that the Kickstarter does well, I mean, they're definitely looking at doing the remaining movies as yes. novels as well. And so, you know, so I So are they going to carry back. on with you doing it, or are they thinking maybe going with different authors? Because I've seen where they've done that with novelizations, I mean, especially Star Wars. They've right. done that a lot where one movie is done by one author and another by another and, and so on and so forth. Um, I, don't, I don't know at this point. Would you, you come know, back and do another would one? Would I come back and do another one? Yeah, probably. Okay. So, uh, everyone, fund this. Get your copy, because this is awesome. You you want to know where, you know where where Kevin Sorbo's character's been going? Kevin's gonna tell you, not Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. Kevin <laughs> he might tell you too. I'm trying to convince him. Yeah. No, I mean that's that's really cool. I mean that's if nothing else, that's a selling point for me, because I want to know what happens to that character, because you really don't know, mm-hmm. and to be able to find out, that's that's just. It's amazing. It has a slightly different ending, too, just FYI. What? Slightly different ending? Oh, man. He dies. Whoa, wait a minute. That's <laughs> uh, like telling me that Dumbledore lived. Uh, well, he's coming well, out the next Harry Potter movie. <laughs> what, he's in the next one, huh? <laughs> well, Harrison Ford's hey, in Anyone in can episode come back eight. from anything nowadays. No Harrison Ford really is dead. in episode That's 8, true. so who knows? So that is true. <laughs> Granted, it's probably well, only going to be his corpse, but hey, <laughs> because they are doing his funeral. Hmm. That's true. Yeah. Another fun thing in the novel that I just remembered, because you would think I would remember because I wrote it, but <laughs> the, uh, in the beginning of the movie, in, in that opening scene in the temple, there's that guy that walks in, and spoiler alert, he kills the, the priest man. You know. And then at the very end of, of the movie, and the beginning of the second movie, there's a different guy that comes in and... And, and kills somebody else, but it's a different actor. Originally was the same character in the script, but it, they changed actors between the movies. So in the book, it explains what happened to the original guy and why it's a different guy. That's cool. <laughs> Filling in some holes. I don't think I ever re- no, realized that they swapped guys. So now you know. And fun. There's now I'm going to have to go to walk, watch the movies over again. So. But I can't because I don't have four and a five. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, to watch one through just three. kidding. There are options on the Kickstarter. <laughs> I know, get I know. <laughs> options. Options are awesome. <laughs> uh, so it's really cool. And they've always done a great job with their Kickstarters. They've always provided a lot of really cool incentives for jumping on, and they have different levels and stuff like that. And they've always done a really good job, uh, Aerostorm has, with these Kickstarters they've done and it's amazing what they've been able to accomplish because really that's how they fund most of these movies they've Mm -hmm. done and now try to jump into books and this really kind of makes them on par with a lot of the the bigger uh, people out there like you know Star Wars and Halo and right there Star Wars Halo Mythica right there (laughs) there. Warcraft which 
Uh, yeah, you, we all, you know, Adam so, helped out with that with movie, that, yeah. uh, with some of those graphics. Um, so it's it's kind of cool. I, I'm excited to see this, and hope to see maybe more novels and where the journey goes. There. Yeah, that would drive me more crazy. I had, it's like you have one book and you're like, all right, and the next one's like it's not coming. It's like, no, <laughs> I'm sure. So, I'm sure better be. I'm yeah, sure no. if this project, it's only $100 short. I'm sure the project yeah. will fund. Oh, I'm sure oh yeah. The next it, book, they the definitely books, have so. a fan base. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do understand what it's like waiting for the next book. I mean, every avid reader does, uh, especially if you're a Brandon Sanderson fan <laughs> or waiting for the next Stormlight well, book. I mean, it's better than being a George R. R. Martin fan. Oh, yeah. Like that is true. Years between books. We still haven't. And you might never get, well, you'll get the next one, but then the second. Uh, uh, HBO has already said that uh, well, Game already of Thrones is only going to eight uh, eight seasons. Well, I know, but they already went and, past it too because and, yeah. they, they can't wait. They can't wait. No, so. it's like, and the guy is like, I don't know, I I don't understand. He's enjoying being a star for once. He re- wrote these books forever ago. Now he's enjoying it's like, it. Finish this series. Make he's another bu- <laughs> bucket load of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But with that said, so the Kickstarter is live now. You can go out, just you know, go to Kickstarter, do a search for Mythica novelization. Yep, and be able to find that. Contribute, get a copy of your book. Maybe if you jump in at another level, you can get some more movies. Yeah. Maybe you don't have four and five, or maybe you don't have five, and somehow now you're gonna get it before me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna keep throwing that out there. But, uh, yeah, support it. These guys are great. Um, if you haven't already, we, we went back several years ago. We actually got to go on set and do some interviews with the cast, the cast and crew. There's a bunch of silly pictures we took. Um, it was really cool to see what these guys have been able to do with har- with such a low budget. I mean, we went into the what literally looked like a garage, you know, where someone would take their truck and go fix a, fix it. And we walked in, and it was an old tavern. I mean, the tavern you see in the movie, we walked into that, and it literally is like we walked through this dimension, and we're back there in this myth, uh, you know, mystical time, and it was so detailed. I mean, mm-hmm. they had old wooden boards for the walls. They had tables and chairs that just fit the, the time era, and it was perfect. It's like... I don't know how these guys did it. And then we walk out and we see this guy with this giant sheet of foam and he's like carving it. And we're like, what the heck? And then he's, after he got it, has it all carved, it's kind of shaped like a door and he starts spray painting it. And it looks like a real wooden door now, even though it's not. They're quite skilled with some it, of that. It's amazing what they can do. Um, it makes me jealous. You should see the, uh, the war wagon from the fourth movie. It's great. It's still sitting there in their lot. Wow. That would be amazing. So maybe, yeah, okay. Now we need to come see all this cool stuff. I'm, like, getting, like, all jealous now. I want to see the war wagon. I mean, I know last time we were there interviewing him, uh, they showed us the war hammers and some of the swords and that they had. And oh, they're just, they look real. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, one, he's like, oh, yeah, check this out. And, you know, it felt it as heavy as a sword. And then he's like, oh, here's... The other one he carries all the time, and it's like super, super light. light. And you're like, but they look identical. 
You yep. would never be able to tell. It's like, holy cow. Well, it's like the, from the fifth movie, The Hammer of Tech. They had a real version and the prop version, and one was solid iron and the other one was foam, but yeah. they looked identical. Uh, yeah. It, it's amazing how they can make them look identical even though they're not even made out of the same Material, substances. right. So, uh, wow. So, with that said, um, is there anything else you want to throw no, out there? I was just looking at the Kickstarter. It's really close to being funded. You guys have till November 26th, it looks yes. like. Um, and yeah, it's really so close. So just a couple days after Thanksgiving. Come on. Give some thanks. Give some love to these guys. Because you won't regret it. I mean, again, every, every time I've seen it at a convention, they're super, they're super nice. They're always amazing. They're willing to talk to you. Uh, even when the actors are there, they're so... They're great. So willing to talk with their fans, and they love them, and they're just... Yeah. There's a lot of times when you go to these conventions, and you can just tell... You know, the actors and that are there just to kind of, okay, I'm making a paycheck, sign, pass off, sign, pass off. Not all of them are that way, but there are some that way. These guys, I mean, you walk up, they've got a huge smile, they're like, how are you? And they recognize you every time you come back. They may not re- remember your name. Right. But they're like, oh yeah, you're the guy that did that and that. Like, Jake still doesn't call me by my name. He doesn't know my <laughs> name. But he knows what I do. He's like, hey, how you doing? How was the thing with the thing? You know, and it, it's always great. Jake's funny. He he had a he did a live stream on his Facebook page the other day that I hopped on to to, yeah. to view, and he was like, hey, Kevin, have you finished the book yet? Dagan better be awesome, or I'll shoot you with an arrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, stuff like that, which is really cool. So um, again, support these guys. If you haven't seen the Mythica series, jump on, go ahead and see it. Um, I think they still have some episodes on Con TV. Yeah, they do. Um, which you you could you can watch. Yep. Um, as well as they have some other great movies that uh, as well uh, mm-hmm. the Aerostorm has put out. There's Survivor. Um, there's the Crown and the Dragon. I yep. think there's the Christmas Dragon. The Christmas the, Dragon. Uh, and some of these are actually on Netflix. So if you have a net, if you have Netflix, you can watch them there. Um, but if not, definitely look up Aerostorm Entertainment. You'll be able to check out their videos there. They're normally at Sully Comic-Con if you're in the area. You can stop there. You can always pick up uh, movies there, and they always have an amazing deal, some bundled package you can get. Um, and you know, at least for us, they're local, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. And they've done some amazing thing with some uh, sh- with shooting the movies in the, the surrounding uh, terrain that we have, which is just... You know, go one way, you can be in an alien planet, and go another way, and you're in the forest. So. Yep. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I don't have anything more to say. I could just just go <laughs> fund <laughs> do it. the Kickstarter. In the words of Shia LaBeouf, just do, do it. it. Do the thing. Yes. That it. That's it. We're All out right. of time. Second there. So until then, we'll catch you next time. And McKay said his thing earlier. I don't know. You're taking too long. I know. At least there's no Deadpool. Deadpool. Game time. (laughs) The world is coming to an end. It's your fate to choose which faction you will sign with. No matter what, all is lost until you choose your own apocalypse. Come join us. On November 19th, when we unleash the fury that is within, at Paragon City Games, starting at 6 p.m., choose your own apocalypse.